When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Music. Horror. Arts. Politics. Bad assery. Welcome to Society 13. You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music. Horror. Art. Politics. And overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. For real. On Society 13 Networks. Hey, special show tonight. Um, hope you're having a good summer so far been an odd one but we're going to focus on the positive right now uh very special guest tonight um gosh writers producers actors actresses directors uh i don't even cameramen um mic operator they do it all okay uh director michael kine and the beautiful bianca elaine will be joining us shortly uh we have music by mutant press uh, my new friend jerome youngman and uh, check out his site when it's up and running it will be better he told me he's working on it right now but you can go to mutantpress.com and check out the albums he has. Um, I just want to thank everybody that was at my book signing. The book release party for Dwelling in the Dark was a huge success. Um, you know who you are when you were there. And it was it was just a great time. Thank you to Michelle Schubert, Todd Porter, my buddy Ken Lex, and Miss D, KWR, for putting it all together for me. And Society 13's own, uh, of course, we had uh, John Towers and his lovely wife show up, Lori. And... Um, Check out Red Horse Radio because it's alive and kicking, and it's great. Uh, that's Mr. John Towers who got me started. But mucho thanks to everybody that showed up. Uh, my dad, too, he was there. I, the, the list is so long, and a lot of people have been on this show uh, just recently, too, and you know who you are. I mean, uh, I can't thank you all enough. Um, going to be in a film for a short period of time, actually two films coming out, uh, Blood on the Reel, which we're going to talk about right now. I have a scene in there. That's Johnny Dagger's documentary on indie, indie horror. Uh, Michael Kine, of course, and Bianca were involved. And they have a lot to talk about on their own as well. And um, I'm shooting a film in a film this Sunday that I can't talk about just yet. But I think it's like a uh, five-second scene. Um, pretty sure I just get off real quick. And who doesn't want to die in a movie? I mean, that's fantastic. Chance of a life. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on with it. Um do a little intro here with uh, Mutant Press. I, I, I have a lot to choose from here, and I like all of it, so it's very difficult. Uh, 
You're going to hear CIA later on. Uh, right now, I think we'll go with uh, She's One of the Boys. A uh, very cool throwback to 80s uh, punk, uh, new wave. Uh, it is a mixture here, but it, it stands on its own. All right, stick around. You're going to hear a great interview in a couple of minutes. Thank you very much, fiends. have that problem too this time it may not happen <laughs> do, you hear, do you hear those snorting noises that's <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> that's hilarious I, yeah we have a boxer lab who only barks when i'm recording yeah <laughs> yeah man they like, seem to know whenever you're doing something <laughs> and they're like hey hello when we were shooting our uh, blood on the real uh on the real segment the dogs they were just like walking around anywhere the, the microphone was moved to they would walk over there and start snorting and licking and i was like come on man i gave up the fight i gave up the fight because uh, this is our second dog that does that so i'm just like all right just go ahead just do it yeah they just do it it's part of the show now <laughs> dogs are. part of the show sometimes i sometimes i have two co-hosts sometimes i have a four-legged one 
All right. All right. Well, you know what we're going to do here? We're going to introduce you guys. Uh, welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio, folks, friends, and fiends. We have Michael Kine and Bianca Elaine, co-founders of Be Stung Productions and friends of mine, and we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, well, it's a long time coming. Um, gosh, I think it's been a year since we first hooked up after you did Web of Deceit, right? Is, yeah. Right. Is it about longer than a year for you guys since that's been out? Well, uh, we first actually shot that in... Uh, 2013? Yeah, around mm-hmm. uh, wow. September, October 2013 mm-hmm. as part of the uh, ABC's A Death Part 2 uh, yes. Search for the 26th Director competition. And then uh, we really started touring the... Uh, film festival circuit with it though probably about a year ago okay yes and i was a big fan and i'm i'm kind of glad i mean i like the abcs of death to a degree i like in a way i'm kind of glad it didn't get in there i don't know where you guys are with that but there was a lot of stuff in there that just i don't know some were great and then others were just wow complete filth (laughs) i I don't know where you guys are with that uh do you agree or disagree I mean, I, I haven't seen it, but I know what you mean. I saw the first one, and and I agree. Some of the stuff was really cool, and then, like you said, some was just sort of like, really, that made it. Yeah, yeah. that made it in there, really. <laughs> really. I, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Plus, I mean, uh, that would have been, you know, maybe some good exposure. Well, I guess yeah, yes, that incredible, some good exposure. Yeah. But not being in that. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm it would have been really good exposure. I agree. You know, exposure is exposure, but still, you know, uh, I think it's good as a standalone film. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, like I was going to say, not being in that compilation, we've actually been added to, I think, two or three other horror anthologies, Mm -hmm. which if we would have, you know, been included in ABCs of Death, we would have been limited to just that one. So uh, this has provided other opportunities and... uh, Yes, I think it worked out for the best. Good, good. And as a teaser here, I'm just going to throw this out here because we're going to get into this in the second half. You guys hung out with Bam and Jerry yesterday. Haha, ha, we're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> anyway, yeah. all right, moving on. Cool. Um, yeah, Bam and Jerry, I can't wait to hear about that, but we're not going to hear about that right now. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> Web of Deceit, how do you explain the film without giving it away? We talked. I talked about it on the ninth story with uh, my buddy Dan Foytick, um briefly because we didn't want to give too much away. How do you explain that to the folks that might want to see it? Yeah, that's a, uh, it's a very good question because it is hard to explain it without giving it away because even I think if you read the plot as it's uh, written, I think on IMDb, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, uh, the husband's, you know, playing while Charlotte's away at work and she's way, uh, weaving her own web of the sea. I mean, mm-hmm. if you read that and you start watching the film, I mean, you pretty much guess what's going to happen, I guess, <laughs> uh, you could say, but it's hard to, uh, it's hard, but it's only a, uh, if you Short. look at the body of the film, it's only a three-minute film anyway, so right. um, not too worried about that. And you got a <laughs> if lot. you can't sit through three minutes, then uh, <laughs> and you, you got lost so it. much. You conveyed the whole story without too much dialogue, which would have killed it, I think. Um, right. it was. I, I just like the mystique of it. I, just a fun film, and I do own it on DVD, folks. Yes, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I normally brag how I buy everything, but you did give me a copy, so... Um, normally I do I was buy them. I'll give you a copy, uh, David, because uh, to be honest with you, you've been a big supporter, mm-hmm. and uh, I could tell that your comments, you know, through uh, throughout the year, they've always been sincere. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was uh, glad to give you a copy. 
I'm nothing but sincere. I honestly, I try to, you know, there's not enough uh, camaraderie when it comes to this. I'm sure you've come across the haters. You've come across okay. the, the jealousy and, and especially Bianca as a female, you've come across the jealousy, <laughs> the envy and uh, it's, it's sickening. It's boring. It's like, come on, can we just like get together here, folks, and get things going? Cause if you stick together, it's so much easier. Um, have you yeah. ha- come across more adversity or have you met more friends of late? I, personally have met more friends i the weird thing is if there is a lot of adversity towards me or (laughs) jealousy or anything like that i don't seem to see it good um but the thing is a lot of times when i'm dealing with other people in the industry they're usually men and the thing i have found is that they try to talk down to me or Mm. whatever because i'm a woman and if i stand up for myself then of course i'm a you know, bitch or whatever. And that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I met but. you guys in person. Um, and yeah, you're both very strong individuals. Um, it's Michael, Michael kind. Now we have a few things to talk about on that note. Uh, there's a certain trailer out right now that you had something to do with. <laughs> right. Blood on the real, I guess. Right. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. What a cool trailer. Yeah, man. That's exciting. And, uh, I think Johnny may have shared it with some, well, I don't want to give it away, but right. we are planning on uh, screening this, uh, in the fall. I'll let Johnny, uh, you know, let that cat out of the bag later on, but we do have a screening, uh, set up. It's kind of in the works, but, uh, cool. very excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I th- I'm just now hearing our dogs and my uh, and my monitors. So that's all right. If you, if you hear some uh, growling or whining, that's uh, that's not us. That's the uh, the dogs. So. <laughs> now you guys are you're in DC right now, right? Or, uh, yes, exactly. Okay, and that, is that where you're located normally? Because I know we I had to drive out to Maryland to meet with you guys. Right. Uh, we uh, I like to say that we're kind of in the DC Baltimore area because I mean mm-hmm. DC and Baltimore they're they're so close together. And uh, so many people that work on, uh, you know, in film in this area, they, you know, they, they yes. go back and forth. And uh, we're kind of actually in an in-between spot. It's mm-hmm. easy for us to get to both cities. So we uh, do uh, we work in the D.C. Baltimore area. Uh, Johnny said, you know, we can talk about, you know, blood on the reel as much as we want to really. Uh, oh. Yeah. I, um, yeah, he's, he, we're cool. Um, he, uh, I saw the film in its entirety, uh, at least the rough cut. I don't know wow. if you have. And I loved it. I, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while on this show. Uh, it's a great documentary on indie horror, as you know, Michael Kine. Um, who, uh, did you do all the film work? Did I do all the film work? Uh, no, uh, I did not do all the film work. I did, um, so I did your interview, my interview. I did a lot of the, uh, kind of the bumper segments with, uh, Bianca. <laughs> I hear the dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's gonna step away for a second. No, it's, I, it's alright, man. Don't worry about it. I think they're, they're, uh, begging for food. Oh, jeez. So she, she's just gonna step about. 10 feet away and she'll be right back. Okay, that's cool. But uh, I didn't do all of the uh, camera work. The way that Johnny actually uh, uh, did this film was kind of ingenious, really. It's, you know, we did a lot on our end, uh, but he did, because he wanted to include filmmakers from all over the world, he allowed other yes. filmmakers, mm-hmm. you know, who he trusted with, uh, you know, with doing their own work, he allowed them to film themselves and then just kind of send the footage over. So um, I thought that was a good way to do it, it yes. you know. It made it so that we didn't have to travel to the UK, <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, other places. Too. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you get? Uh, did you catch the Jack Thomas Smith um, um, segments? A friend of mine, actually, great guy. I tell you what, David. We actually uh, Johnny hasn't shared the entire film with us yet because he's very excited about it. And he thinks, you know, he's 
he's expressed to me that he thinks we'll be yes. very pleased with the way he's kind of edited our work together. I agree. So he hasn't shared it with me, but I'm guessing, David, by uh, some of your comments earlier about us being strong individuals, that some of my uh, <laughs> some of my more opinionated comments may have made the cut. Is that uh, is that safe to say? <laughs> safe to say. Good. Yeah, I should note this. Your dogs are crying. Um, my mother just called me. Luckily, I had my phone for the first time. I had it turned off. Um, yeah, my phone tends to ring during interviews because sometimes I have that as backup when uh, Skype is not working so well, right. oh, yeah. which is probably often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skype's weird. Oh my god. Oh uh, yeah. Well, luckily we have a good connection here now. Right. All right. So right. web is web, web of the sea. We've talked about that. You should tell people later where to find that. But you have a new project right now, uh, Zombinatrix. Yes. Really oh, excited yeah. about that one. Well, one. Yeah, that one is. Uh, that one's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Well, that's under Bee Sting Productions, your production company. Mm-hmm. Right. Bee uh, Sting Productions, and uh, so uh, I'm producing it. Bianca's producing it. Uh, we're both writing the film together, we're you know sharing all the decision making here, and of course, uh, it's you know I think it's a perfect, uh, you know, perfect combination. You might even say a, a perfect marriage of sorts, <laughs> where uh, you know she's going to star. I think this is mm-hmm. you know, maybe the role that she's been waiting for, and uh, we're going to use like the resources we've gathered over the years. Which most of these resources, you know, they're people, they're uh, great filmmakers and friends in the area that. Just really want to help out, and they a lot of them have you know expressed interest in our uh, in Zominatrix, and they've been really supportive and they're offering to help. So I think uh, this one's going to be a lot of fun and uh, very successful. Yeah, um, well, I see that you know, yeah, Bianca is in the film. Um, I, I read your interview. Um, I'm not sure who that was with. It was online. Um, it says it, it said well, you guys said that Bianca. Well, you said always had a bit of interest in S and M. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that I mean, takes a big part. And you want to explain that a bit? <laughs> Just a bit. Well, I remember even as a teenager, I would, uh, like find pictures in magazines and stuff of like corsetry and fetish wear and, or, you know, watch those old HBO real sex documentaries. Those or are good. Yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Those were yeah. cool. And it was just, I thought it was fascinating. And, um, just the S&M aspect. Is I don't know. I like the aesthetic. I like the idea of it. I mean, we incorporated some of it into Web of Deceit yeah, too. Yeah. But uh, yes, you did. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think a lot of people that like horror are interested in that subject too. Well, actually, a lot of people in general seem to be interested in it. So yeah, hopefully they'll they'll dig the. I've done a lot of uh, you know, kind of research and into that kind of stuff and. I mean, this mm-hmm. is me just kind of speaking out of turn. I guess it's an, an opinion, but. It's almost like, uh, you know, fetishism and things like that. Maybe mm-hmm. they're part of human evolution because they're a very cerebral way of, a, uh, you know, approaching sexuality, which kind of steps away from that animalistic side. So I don't know. I mean, that's just, uh, I found it very intriguing, like the uncle was saying. I've, I've been into it for a long time and, uh, right. you know, it's, it's, it, it intrigues me. Sex and horror have gone together for a long time. Um, right. Are you, is this, like, you're talking about perfect marriage. Is it the perfect marriage of that? Or is it, are you going more one direction, uh, meaning more horror, more uh, S&M? Uh, as far as Zombinatrix? Mm-hmm. Oh, Zombinatrix, I'll let Bianca talk on this a little bit. But our favorite, I would say one of our favorite films, and as of late, you know, Frank I've been, yeah, I've been saying my favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Frank Hooker, yeah. That's, that's kind, kind of a classic, yeah. Yeah, more of a Hen and Lauder, almost John Waters sort of, mm-hmm. but also a lot of Lynchian 
influence, if that's a word. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Something, I don't know. We just, both of us are very visual people, so we plan on making it as um, beautiful and artistic as possible, but I want it to be funny. I think I, I think my talents are comedy, I guess. I don't yeah, even, I, I'm not, I don't know that I'm a great dramatic actress, but um, I've been told I'm pretty funny, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just put it to use. And she's really? been training. I mean, she's done some improv classes with um, really? Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah, I, I was with Upright Citizens that Brigade. That was pretty cool, yeah. Working on she's always, uh, and one of her most uh, popular pieces of work is the Watch These Films uh, web series, which, you know, it didn't take a lot of production value <laughs> to put those together, but she's gotten a lot of, uh, you know, fan That's mail from those. still the main thing that people have seen. It's so funny. They're like, oh, I love that show. I love that show. When are you making more? When are you making more? And I'm like, uh. And they definitely, I mean, they're comedic and nature yeah david did you see uh the uh movie r100 which also was a uh it kind of explored like an snm type thing no no i did not see that well i'll say something um that movie the way it was kind of advertised and the way i thought when i was getting ready to watch it i thought i was going to watch something that was like a darker more serious piece (laughs) that kind of explored okay snm and it it is to a degree but it's at its spirit, it's not. So I think uh, once you see, I don't want to give anything away. But once you see <laughs> the film, you'll understand what I'm saying. And that's, I think uh, people are wondering about Zombinatrix. The same thing. They're wondering, are we going with like a, is this going to be a dark film? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be, or is it going to be lighter hearted? And I think uh, the answer there is lighter hearted. It's definitely going to be a horror comedy. Okay. Yeah, there will be blood and gore and guts. Oh, I expect that from you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. To the chagrin of my mother. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, don't you? Yeah, isn't that a weird thing? When the parents get involved, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I got my mother reading my books. I'm like, oh, jeez. Now you know what's I in know. my head. It's been in there since I was 12. Isn't that bad? <laughs> yeah, I, I hate when my parents, like, they watch, sometimes they'll watch some of the stuff I'm in and sometimes they won't, but they'll just be like, are you okay, honey? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, actually, you are, because you get it out. You get it out. You have that outlet, you know? Yeah. People don't get that. It's funny. uh, Web of Deceit, back to that, uh, it screened at, what, at least 16 festivals last Mm -hmm. year. That's cool. All over the country. Yeah, it was crazy. And some of them were in the area, and we'd be going to them, and uh, my family's in the area, and they'd ask us, so where are you guys going? Uh, you know, just just a film premiere. Don't worry, but you know, uh, the nature of the film, you don't really want your your brothers and your sisters and everyone sitting beside you. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's funny. I mean, I, no. Um, on that note, I, I mean, I uh, one of my buddies, John Towers, his his wife uh, does burlesque, and I sat next to him and her parents during oh, a oh. show. I'm like, well, you know, I guess I can get up and clap now. Yeah, okay, <laughs> uh, it's safe to do that. Uh, yeah, all right. So I got into it a little bit more because they were really into it. But I, I have a guy that. That's going to come on here in one of our shows uh, in a while who writes um, what he deems as uh, adult urban porn, basically. And um, he writes this thing. And, and um, I wanted to ask him the big question is, yeah, so can your, what do you, how would you feel if your grandma picked up this book, <laughs> right. you know, and started, like, I always wonder about that. You know, we're at a weird age now where, you yeah. know, we're getting our stuff out there. And uh, how yeah. do you feel when family watches it? It's, it's really cool and refreshing to hear what, what you guys are saying about that right now. Cause it, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not shame. It's just kind of no. like uh, a little embarrassed or. Hmm. Yeah, I get a little embarrassed. <laughs> right. And I, I find that overall, um, this kind of stuff is becoming more accepted. Yeah. Um, you know, by the general public. So, uh, I'll be honest with you, David. Once you sit with a crowd of people and watch yourself, 
uh, in a uh, situation like that. 10 or 15 times you can, it kind of loses it kind of loses its edge it's i like, guess yeah, so here it goes yeah no no i get that now i've been in the, yeah. the convention circuit for a while and it's yeah right. you do yeah you do lose uh the boundaries you used to have that would hold you back from how you really feel or or expressing your real emotions about stuff i used to hate standing in front of people and talking now when it comes to getting my art out there i, I kind of have to do it right. um it's a little easier hiding behind a mic right now <laughs> i'll admit that oh yeah i still have trouble watching myself i don't like doing it at all I'm oh like, uh... i'll never Man, do first, that first <laughs> when we screened out with web of the seat it was so I, I guess you could say it was almost embarrassing to a degree to to watch your work, I think maybe every artist, uh, at least from, I mean, hearing you, David, I think you would agree. I think uh, every artist kind of feels that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were watching other films, and uh, I think we talk about this maybe in Blood on the Blood on the Real, but it really was, uh, you know, hitting us hard. I think we discussed it, Bianca and I both afterward, and we were feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. It's just we were sitting there really getting down on ourselves internally mm-hmm. thinking, man, we <laughs> suck. <laughs> we suck, right? And then uh, the person who I was most impressed with, and you know, uh, was a comedian who was there, and he did a you know a stand-up set. And afterward, he came up to us uh, before the festival was even over, and the winners were announced, and just sat beside us and kind of said, "Hey guys, yours was my favorite overall. I just wanted to say that." Mm-hmm. And that was just, I mean, it was very touching because. Oh man, yeah. I mean, that's the guy that you're most impressed with, and you're mm-hmm. so down on yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and then. For him to come up and say that it was just, it was awesome, man. Yeah, you're not going to sleep that night. You're going to be thinking about nope. that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, back to um, Zombinatrix. Um, yeah. Are you able to tell us now? I know in that last interview you couldn't tell us everybody that was going to be in it. Who else was signed to the film? I, I know Johnny Daggers and Lenora, Lenora Claire. Uh-huh. Is that right. still the case? Yes. We uh, we can uh, name some other people. Um, so. Uh, let me think. We've announced some others. Mark we, uh, Quinette. Mark Quinette, Doug Sack, and both of those are from, trauma. uh, Trauma Fame, uh, uh-huh. most recently maybe from, uh, Return of Newcomb High, Volumes 1 and 2. Nice. Um, they both, um, were in those films. And let's see who, uh, we announced, uh, Mike Hurst. I think you may, you may know Mike through Johnny. Yes. Um, the, uh, Coffin Cuties, uh, founder and editor or and publisher. Nadia White. Nadia White, who's a, uh, Formerly, um, yeah, an adult actress, and now she's uh, kind of making her way into mainstream films and underground horror. So that's who we've announced so far. We have some others that have uh, expressed interest, and we're basically just waiting on more info from them. As far as like, uh, you know, when we announce these people, we want to have their blessing for the bios mm-hmm. that we give and everything. So we're just waiting for their okays on some some things, but. Uh, no major announcements as of yet, just kind of okay. adding our, you know, filling out our roles. Very cool. Well, we're going to get into this a little bit more. We got to, I got to pay the bills a bit here. And, uh, <laughs> right. we're going to talk about, uh, Bam Majera in the second half here. Cause I can't wait to hear about this. I just found out yeah, it yesterday. Was, it was crazy, which man. Was a little bit insane. Uh, yeah. And, uh, we're going to hear music from a band. This, this is a guy who's been in the business for a long time. Great punk rock band. And I say guy cause he's behind the band Mutant Press. I don't know if you've heard of Mutant Press. Have you heard of them? Uh, I have not heard of them, David, but I think Shit I may have mouth. seen them on your page earlier. Yes, he's, uh, well, th- this is some good stuff. Uh, it's very simple punk rock music, but, um, he's been around a long time and I'm gonna have him on the show. And when you hear the bands that he's opened for through the years, it's just unbelievable. But, um, cool. yeah, so I just want to tell folks, go to Mutant Press at Juno.com. Yes, Juno.com. <laughs> and indicate which CD you want and, and he'll do PayPal for 10 bucks. 
Um, he, you can, he's, his, his site is kind of like iffy right now. He's trying to revise it, but it is mutantpress.com where you can pick the albums, but you have to go to mutantpress at juno.com to order them. So there you have it. Right now we're going to play a song called, uh, CIA and, uh, we'll get back to you in a little bit. talk more about Mr. Jerome Youngman at another time, and he's going to be on the show very soon. Um, find him again at Mutant Press, um, mutantpress.com to look at the albums. To buy them, go to mutantpress at juno.com. Ten bucks a CD, indicate which one you want. Um, that was, Again, CIA, that was a good song. we got another one coming up later. And I have with me Michael Kine and Bianca Elaine. Oh, Hi. <laughs> yes, they're still with me. Uh, Bee Stung Productions, and we were talking, well, actually, I want to talk about the first time we met and it was the making of the Blood on the Real film, uh, which is mm-hmm. about the trials and tribulations of making indie horror. <laughs> it, right. t- it took us three times to get together <laughs> <laughs> due to inclement weather. I mean, that was insane. We kept well, – it was the third meeting, right? Because the first time I got I – got, I went off the road into a media, and the second time you guys couldn't get through what you guys got stuck in – 
what was yeah, no the sweat. Second time, exactly. The second time you made it all the way down uh, from Pittsburgh area. Yeah. And I was, I think I was warning you guys like the night before, like, <laughs> I'm not sure about this. Right. The and then um, we got out onto the highway just, you know, down the road here and it was like a sheet of ice. <laughs> and yeah. all indications were that further north where you were, yeah. <laughs> where we were trying to get to was even worse. Worse. And I think it was you or Johnny. Someone was like, yeah, dude, it is a sheet of ice. I walked out the door and the driveway is like a skating rink. Yeah, that was bad news. Third time was a charm. We made it. And there was still a storm or something. There was it a rainstorm mm-hmm. that time. I forget. It was, it was something, something crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it was funny. Very fitting for the environment. Um, <laughs> right. But, exactly. Trials and tribulations. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now we were talking about your new project, Zombinatrix. And I didn't, I didn't really get to ask you, is there more gore than sex in this, uh, this film that you're making or yeah i wouldn't even you know what i wouldn't even characterize it uh as having a lot of sex i mean it has um, yeah fetish i guess you would say yeah it's a lot of uh sexual references maybe okay. and it's of course sexual in nature uh just by its subject uh a lot of the characters a lot of the extras um you know they'll be kind of the type of people who are into mm-hmm. S&M. Yeah, there and, are sexy people. I, right. There, there will probably be a little bit of nudity, but there's nothing going to be, you know, I'm not going to make anyone get naked, I guess, except yeah. myself. If, if there yeah. has to be nudity, I'll do it. But, I mean, I'm not going to hire somebody in, like, a sleaze bag and be like, now take off your clothes. <laughs> yeah, you want to be in this movie, right? Anything that's even <laughs> sexual will still be kind of in a uh, comedic way. Like, again, I keep going back to Frankenhooker is a big influence. <laughs> right. I think, uh, I'm trying to think, the scene where he picks up the prostitutes and takes them back to the hotel room and gives them the super crack. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's kind of sexual in nature, but it's, uh, I mostly think, um, comedy, you know. I want it, we both want it to have that 80s vibe where it's right. just, I don't know, there's something great about fun. 80s movies. They're fun. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, you could explore dark elements in them, but for the most part, you leave kind of like happy in a way yeah, we want to do uh, some you know there'll be other zombies in the film i guess oh, yeah. and um but we want to kind of do them in that 80s kind of rick baker thriller sort yeah. of way where I love that we stuff. don't want to i know a lot of uh, a lot of filmmakers today seem to use a lot of gore with their zombies a lot of blood with their zombies but we want it kind of more of that that dry look is um cool you know, Rick Baker looks. So. And I can't believe you mentioned Rick Baker. You, that's a question I had later on, but we'll get to that. I got to bit. tour. I got to tour his uh, his studio once. It was <laughs> awesome. And I lived in L.A. That's right. You, yeah. Well, talk. Well, how about L.A.? Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Your background <laughs> there and let people know because you got a new audience here. So why not? Okay. Well, um, I lived in L.A. for about seven years, and I had my boyfriend at the time was an effects artist, so I really got to meet a lot of people that do special effects and. I learned a lot about that world, and and like I said, our roommate gave us the opportunity to uh, tour Rick Baker's studio. So, wow. you know, my inner thirteen-year-old self was <laughs> yeah. freaking out. Yeah, it Toys R Us, cool right? Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that was surreal. Yeah, that was. It was it was neat. I love Rick Baker, so he. I think his work is really great. He and again, like I said, the eighties mm. are my favorite time of uh, horror films, and and just that opportunity was really cool. You're answering some questions for me, and um, there's one that I, I um, I mean, really, uh, there's some things I can't ask you anymore. But uh, I have a favorite from back then, and I'm going to be watching it sometime this week. I, oh, every summer, I put this one on. Well, two of them actually. One is Blood Beach. I love that movie. Do you remember that '80s flick? I 
Blood Beach. Yeah. 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 See, uh, that throws people. I don't people. recall it, man. Man, I have to find uh, okay, it. Well, look, yeah, well, I, I got my copy. Uh, okay. Blood Beach, yeah, the monster under the sand. It's um, it's pretty wild, and it's very, cool. very 80s. Um, then a little slasher called Humongous. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did a review. Yeah, I did a review of Humongous on my show. That's a favorite of mine. Would you hate it? No, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I love, I love those kind of movies. They're just, they're awesome. Yeah, I mean, it actually had some really cool shots. Yeah, the shots were really oh, nice. Oh man, it was very scary when you were 11. It was, yeah. it was very scary. You know, that, that, yeah. I miss that stuff. I miss being scared. Me too. And like you guys are saying, the illusion of, of sex sometimes is more sexier than the yeah. actual sex. You know, it's like, it's just the illusion yeah. of the heart. You don't have to see the machete go into the head. It gets, yeah. unfortunately, it gets boring. It does. Right. As weird as that sounds, it does. Yeah. It's like terrible. I'm not really into torture porn or anything like that because it to me I've it's met those. I'm like oh I have to sit here and watch this person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've met those people. Yeah, they're interesting. They're that lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Michael, how do you feel about you know casting well your wife in these roles? Hey, I'm I'm cool with it. Uh, you know, when her and I met, it was in a director actress uh, connotation, you know, relationship. So I've uh, never really uh, been one to. I mean, I understand who she is. I understood okay. who she was when we got together. So I, I try not to, uh, you know, take anything away from her in that regard. And you there's know, nothing that, he needs to be jealous of. Yeah. Trust me. Cause <laughs> I've even had like kissing scenes and makeout scenes with people, and it's like the least sexy thing in the world. Right. Like we <laughs> somehow we keep getting cast in the same projects. Yeah, lately we have. It's fun. It's chemistry. Awesome. It's chemistry. Three or four things we've done. Like we did a. What happens next will scare you. Is that what it's called? It's, uh, yeah, by yeah. the guys that did, uh, Chris LaMartina yeah. and Jimmy George. Jimmy George, they did, uh, Call Girl of Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, WNUF Halloween special. Yeah, those guys are great. Yeah. And also we've worked on a couple, uh, projects for the ID channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you probably have a lot of fans <laughs> of that, but they shoot a lot in our area. And, uh, so they're often, often calling us, uh, for roles and somehow we keep getting, Put into the same episodes, but never as the couple. But no, it's like, I know. we'll be with other people. But as she's saying, there's, <laughs> when it's a professional environment like that, there's, mm-hmm. there, you never do get, je- at least I don't, she doesn't, you don't get mm-hmm. jealous like that because, yeah. I mean, you're sitting there and observing it and you can see that there's really no chemistry no. like right. that. It's just very, it's probably much like- my fault. I'm like the, I have zero chemistry with other people besides <laughs> Michael. I do. It's like, even, even when I go to the doctor and stuff, they're like, why is your arm, you know, they're like, put your arms out. You don't have to be so stiff. Don't be so anxious. It's just, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, don't touch me, anyone else, but. <laughs> I'm trying to be better about that stuff. Man, I can tell a funny story right now. Go ahead. Should I tell a funny story, David? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I, I hope not to get too 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 gross with this. Uh oh. Hey, there's there's no ratings, <laughs> Mike. Mike, there's there's no ratings here, man. Don't worry about it. Okay. So the last time I went to the doctor, which wasn't long ago, like a week, two weeks ago, uh-huh. it was a male doctor. And David, when mm-hmm. people like you and I, men, when we go to the doctor. They have to check our testicles, right? Mm. They have to get a big old handful of and just fill fill around and see what's going on there, right? Yep. This guy, a professional doctor, he was he was sort of young, and I was just very like nonchalant, like "Here you go, dude," like <laughs> dropping them in his hands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he's just like, uh, he looks so like embarrassed. But he's like looking off to the, you know, he's looking off toward the wall, and Uh-oh. oh yeah, it looks good, dude, it looks good. I'm like, come on, man! Like I thought. 
Well, that's what she did for a living. That's weird. <laughs> Try going to the gynecologist. It's not fun. <laughs> but anyway, I thought I would share that. I thought I would uh, share that with the listeners. Absolutely. I'm glad I you did. I was like, he was impressed. Like, ooh. He was like, damn. Those are some mm. great balls right there. Where'd you get those? <laughs> Where'd you get those? Either that or he had some feelings for you. I don't know. Maybe. He was like. <laughs> Always possible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to change subject. No, but back to Zombinatrix. <laughs> Is there a big body count in this? And are you, I, I imagine you're using practical gore effects. Oh, yeah. It'll be uh, practical effects, and uh, there will be a big body count. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it there. There'll be a big body count. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the effects, the majority of the budget, I'm... I'm gonna say stop. My dog's talking again. I heard that. It was either that or your stomach. <laughs> no, it's it's the little dog. She's a little vocal one. Uh, it's gonna go to effects because I think they're so important. In right. fact, the people that we choose to do the effects, uh, they're gonna. Almost, I'm gonna audition them almost more than than the actors because I want to make sure it looks good. I've said this uh, recently about many different uh, roles. In fact, I was saying this a lot over the weekend when I was working with some other people, but. Um, you know, what I'm looking for in a film crew and, um, well, I'll say what I'm looking for are problem solvers. So oftentimes working no budget or low budget, you end up on a set and you have people, they want to help out, which is great. It's great to have people who just love it and they want to help out. And I do appreciate that. And I hope to get a lot of those people involved in Zomba Natrix. But what you lose there are uh, problem solvers because often what I've had is, um, on projects where we're shooting multiple camera, so I'll be acting as director and DP. If I have another ca- camera operator, you know, uh, operating camera two, they'll be asking me everything, every single thing. Like, well, how did you set your camera that way? What What are your settings? How do I do that? You're telling them, and you have to hold their hand through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I what I want, and again, what you're missing, and a lot of that comes from not being able to pay people or not being able to pay the right people or enough money. Right. is uh people who show up and go look what you want is actually this here's how we should do it like you know that's always great to have that and i do understand the that's again cool. the reason why you're often lacking that is because uh, of funding but it mm-hmm. is uh i hope to, we can get at least uh some well, people to fill those roles on zombie matrix mm-hmm. no i totally understand that. yeah you want people that you trust uh, i mean working with you so if you you know like when i have uh a, i don't know a month where i'm not going to do a show you know, I got, you know, five to six guys that are going to put stuff up there and keep us rolling. You know, I could depend mm-hmm. on that. And, and that's cool. I like, you know, that you, you do need those people. Um, now, as far as the script writing, is that m- both of you writing the script? Mm-hmm. Or is that, oh, We're really? both writing it, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I think as, as far as laying it down into the, uh, you know, the script writing program in the Hollywood format, I think that's mostly me. And that's because, I've taken screenwriting classes, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as like the actual story, what is this story? Who, you know, who's creating the story and the elements that are in the story? It's both of us together. Like we literally sit down, we go mm-hmm. out on these, you know, sort of dates, and we sit in coffee shops and we uh, discuss ideas and scenes, and we kind of just make notes and you know we uh, mm-hmm. write down different lines, and then we come back and I put it on the you know put it on paper but it's helpful that we have a similar sense of humor so yeah we're definitely into the same uh, that's very helpful that's relationship wise and work wise absolutely totally agree with that 
Um, now, this is something I just had Carrie Hill on here recently. He's a director of uh, Screen Park. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, uh, yeah Screen Park. Uh, yeah. Lo- love that movie. Great guy. He's got some huge projects he's working on now. Okay. Um, and him and his leading lady were in here a couple episodes ago, or yeah, about two episodes ago. We did a double episode because they just had a lot going on. Um, Carrie talks about when you actually it goes from paper to the day you're shooting, the <laughs> adrenaline rush. Yeah, they get a rush. They get high off of it. Uh, where I would be terrified and. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like uh, praying that things are going to work out. Do you guys get that rush? Um, it depends. If we're really trying to take it slow and do it right with Sominatrix, we feel like this is kind of, this is our baby. This is like, I mean, when this idea came to us and it kind of just, you know, it's one of those things where we just kind of pulled this out, of the, as Bianca said in her the recent ether? interview, the creative ether. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it was just perfect because it, Again, the idea kind of just came to us and we started discussing it. We were like, this is just like the stuff that we love. This is just like a Frank, uh, Hennenlotter piece like Frankenhooker or Brain Damage. Um, well, whenever, and I always bring this up, but, um, I love the Seattle grunge scene. And every time I watch perfect, uh, perfect, perfect an interview, scene, yeah. Uh, yeah, about those guys, they just said that they made music that they wanted that they liked they made the kind of music they liked that they thought their friends would like mm-hmm. and that's kind of what i'm thinking here i want to make a movie that i would want to see that my yes. friends would want to see i don't want to do the same thing that everyone else is doing i, I want to do something Perfect. different you couldn't say that any better that's that's what i mean from the garage to the stage that's what they wanted mm-hmm. they wanted their friends mm-hmm. to get into it when i wrote dwelling in the dark i did that one for the horror fan and what they're mm-hmm. missing right now and they're missing it on almost all points when you look at the right. mainstream some indies mm-hmm. have hit it and there's some good flicks on netflix here and there and they get pretty mm-hmm. dark but and unpredictable but i wanted to erase all that predictability um that's just yeah just exactly what you said mm-hmm. you get yeah so tired uh, of it i just want to uh, circle back a minute for the uh what you were asking about you know, is there exhilaration or is there nervousness when you get from uh, mm, yeah. the page to the first day of shooting? And again, I think um, it comes down to preparedness. Mm-hmm. On the projects where I've just like, dude, I just want to shoot something. <laughs> and I'm writing something and then by Saturday I'm shooting it with whoever I can get involved. Those I think I'm more nervous about because I'm not prepared. Like I'm trying to, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't, um, you know, line the script correctly. I haven't created a shot list and a props list and have everything organized where I know what I need on what days. And I'm going to do this project the right way. So I'm going to, you know, have everything, all my ducks in a row before we, (laughs) when I show up on a Saturday to start shooting something, I'm going to be basing that off of 10 pages at least of, uh, you know, uh, preparation. I'm going to have a shot list, the script, the line script, um, like I said, the effects list, the prop list, and make sure Everyone's there. And as far as effects, which will be a very important part of this film, we're going to make sure we have, you know, a good effects team and also a, a hardworking um, effects team so that if a portion of the team can't be there, someone is mm-hmm. going to want to be there to kind of uh, fill that role. You sound like uh, Trent Reznor to me. Bianca, <laughs> is he a perfectionist? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a perfectionist. But it, it, it makes a huge difference. I'm so glad that he is because... You know, I'm a perfectionist too. And, oh uh, boy, two of you in one room. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good God. So I, I think that this is going to be like the greatest experience, but I know it's going to be challenging too because <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Those poor we'll dogs. Those poor well, dogs have no chance. <laughs> Actually, we're thinking about giving them a couple of cameos. <laughs> I know. It was my idea. I was like, can I, can the dogs have a little cameo? <laughs> well, but I have they, some. It's just, it's just really cool. Um, I think she may be basing uh, some of this. 
you know, nervousness off of Web of Deceit because we had such a clear vision on that one. But mm -hmm. it is really cool when exactly what is in your head, you're able to get that on the screen. I mean, to a T. And that's what I was able to do because I did prepare um, on that one. And Bianca, she helped out a lot and she was great. Mm -hmm. uh, but she, I think what she's expressing is, damn, that was a three, a three minute short <laughs> film and so much, you know, preparation yeah. went into that. And it was, uh, so much work and now we're stretching for, you know, 90 minutes. <laughs> it's, yeah, so, it's a lot of work. I mean, yeah. I, I made sure I, I took film classes, you know, I made four minute films, a music video. When I was a kid, um, we had super eight film where we used a cassette for a soundtrack and made a 15 minute Godzilla destroys Lego town <laughs> stop motion awesome. film. Yeah, it was really cool. And to the point where we were even scraping the film for laser effects and, you know, eventually the film melted and, you know, oh, but, but yeah. man, it, so much work went into 15 yeah. minutes exactly, of super eight. I totally <laughs> respect that totally yeah. I, it, was, it was very tim burton of me before i even knew who the hell he was <laughs> yeah. but, seriously well, i'm just excited that i get to play a character that's different than what i'm usually right i mean everything i've done is usually just like a cameo and it's just you know usually like hot girl or <laughs> girl that dies or so-and-so's girlfriend I think or she's, something like that i'll say i think she's selling herself a little short she's done some She's done some cameos, but she's also done some major roles. But I think what she's saying is a lot of those major roles have been more like trophy wife, uh, uh, you know, pig bitch, the hot girl, <laughs> or the hot girl that for some reason is covered entirely in appliances <laughs> and is the lead villain. Like, what, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, and I can't say the name of the film or what's going on on Sunday, I'm, I'm actually in a, uh, an indie film that's being shot, and uh, I was called last minute to sit in to get shot in the head. Oh, yeah. Hey. So I'm in it for three seconds, probably. Uh, <laughs> I want to make a list of every way I've died in a movie. I just think that would be funny because almost every character I've been ends up dying. Spoiler well, alert. <laughs> actually, I'm kind of, well, oh man, spoiler alert. Boo. Um, now I was going to ask you this, uh, uh, Bianca, uh, what's your thoughts? Now let's go to like Ripley and Alien. What do you think of the female heroines now as opposed to what we used to, like you said, in the eighties, are there any that stand out? The, you know, the survivor girl that has to kill the monster, there's, or Gosh. hack the slasher. Are there any that are good anymore? You know, it's funny that you mentioned Ripley because she's one of my favorites, like, ever. Um, I love that character because she was so strong. Well, then you know about what they're doing with that, with Alien. <laughs> What is, oh, are they redoing it again? They're, they're, no, but what, no, no, luckily not. I, I, there's, there's, okay. this is such a very, um, strange thing to talk about because I love all the alien. I, I like some of the predator movies. I love alien, but, um, they're, they're erasing alien three from canon and they're going right from when alien, aliens, um, hmm. ends with a ship full of, you know, with, I, I hear Michael Bann is back. I don't know what they're going to do with the kid. I mean, the kid has oh. to die, I guess. Lance Henriksen, yeah. but apparently they're starting where aliens left off and going with that. Now, okay. this is rumor, but I think it's more than that now. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I didn't want to talk remakes today, but I'm curious. Well, I mean, it's not really a remake. Who knows? I mean, it could be really cool. I guess it depends on who they, what, what mm -hmm. they write and, as long as they don't try to make it so homogenized, which is what they do now, to make everything PG-13, so Ugh. they just make more money off of yeah. people. I don't even go to PG-13s anymore. I know. Um, just... uh, but how do you feel, Michael, too? Uh, what, how do you feel about wasted characters? Like, at the end of Aliens, you have this ship of, you know, there's like two and two halves of people left. Right. Um, yeah, and then Alien 3 comes. Strange. I know. They, they left well, that hanging. I think hanging. I could tie it back uh, to what you were saying earlier. Strong female characters as of late and i can mm. name one from a remake okay i just thought they did it did it in an interesting way which was um was her the character's name mia from the evil dead remake oh yeah 
because toward the end of the movie, she comes out very strong. But yes. Through the, uh, you know, the majority of the movie, she's not really an ass kicker or anything. <laughs> but at the end, you know, she just, she's fed up. It's, yes. I think it's more close to human nature. You know, you like, mm-hmm. you can put up with so much and then fuck it, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. But can you sell it? You know, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I know, cause we grew up in a period where it was, well, I mean, the girl, there was always one girl and one guy that survived towards the end and mm-hmm. usually the girl did. And I mean, I, I don't know. Like, are there any that, um, stand out other than that? That was a really good pick, Mike. I, I forgot about that one. That was a good one. Uh, right. but, but I don't know. Do you, uh, Bianca, do you, you like the female standing out or do you like the guy at the end being the hero? Like, I don't mind either way. I mean, in real life, men and women can be heroes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it always, I know now they almost try to make it a woman every yeah, time just yeah. to, to, you know, because of the eighties, it wasn't usually the female heroine or mm-hmm. even movies before that. But I guess I just, I like characters in, in general. Thank so you. if yes. it's an interesting character, then I don't really care what their gender is. I don't know right. if maybe it's, I mean, does it seem like a lot of times when the female is, you know, stands out to the end and it stands out at the end and it's like, and she conquered. Is it like kind of tongue in cheek? Like, I know. And not a dude this time. <laughs> like, when's it ever going to be she conquered just because it's a girl? Like, it doesn't have to be like that tongue in cheek thing. And look, dudes, it's not a guy. It's just the girl, the girl conquered. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Yeah, it no, does. It yeah. Cause I'm all about the unpredictability of it. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just strong. Like Bianca just said, the uh, strong characters. Um, right. that's what's important to me. Do you care about these people? I haven't mm-hmm. cared about too many characters in movies in a yeah. long time. I don't me know. Me too. You guys, that's the sad right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Since Alex Kinter and Kinter in Jaws, it's like, you know, whatever. And I, <laughs> you know, there's that kid again. But yeah, I just yeah. really, I, you lose touch with your feelings when you're just like, here's five kids. They're all going to get slashed in the woods. And yeah. yeah. Right. You know what? I, we watched Blue Velvet again the other day. Oh, and wow. That's an amazing movie. And that, and for the first time in a long time, made me feel for many of the characters. And, and I actually, uh, wanted to cry in some portion. So, yeah. but the, and again, that's an 80s movie, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. It. yeah, it was. Dennis Hopper. Yeah, sure. Dennis oh, Hopper and Isabella Rossellini and Kyle, uh, what's his last name? Uh, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Now, I'm a big David Lynch fan. I mean, mm-hmm. on an obsessive level. I've, <laughs> I've read every book he's written. I've uh, watched every documentary, watched every movie, every behind the scenes. And what really turned me on to Lynch was Blue Velvet. I mean, one, a lot of people like Twin Peaks, but if you watch Blue Velvet, which of course came mm-hmm. before Twin Peaks, you'll see that there's a lot of the, a lot of similar uh, mm-hmm. elements. I mean, Blue Velvet really does it for me. I love a, that movie. Did he do Naked Lunch? That's him too, right? That's Cronenberg. 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 I mean, I always do that. Lynch and Cronenberg, both of those guys are amazing. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, this actually one of my questions here. You know, have you been inspired by any contemporary art, fiction, films, or music? Is there anything that stands out now that makes you want to pick up that camera again and do it like every day? Um, or or the pen. Pick up the pen and you just want to write right. it down. I don't think, uh, sadly, nothing really contemporary. Nothing it's, uh, everything that I can think of. Like, I look at, uh, the early John Waters, uh, movies <laughs> and some of the later stuff, like, mm-hmm. uh, Cecil, Cecil B. DeMint, yeah, I love that. One. Um, <laughs> I look at, I mean, as of late, um, the Hodorowski movies, I've been really into mm-hmm. those, like mm-hmm. the, some of the first midnight movies, like El Topo and uh, Holy Mountain. But if you go back, if, I'm not sure if you've seen it, David, but, uh, the documentary Dune about, the, the version of Dune that Hodorowski wanted to uh, put out, that's an inspiring mm-hmm. really? uh, okay. documentary. I yeah. actually, I, I'm one of the few people that I know of. I, I liked when Sci-Fi did the miniseries of Dune. Right. That was closer to the Frank Herbert's book. Um, right. I, I actually, I like the old movie, too, just for what it was. Yeah, now, that was Lynch. And, um, yeah. yeah. 
I, I know from reading Lynch's uh, the works that he's put out that um, you know he's he's not very very proud of that piece of work, and it's mm-hmm. because. I guess uh, he felt that the studios were too involved and he mm-hmm. didn't, what was originally in his head, and this goes back to something we said earlier, what was in his head he couldn't put on the screen. Because right. There was too much. And they were trying to market toys. There was, there was a toy right. line, yeah. you know, they went the whole, they're trying to come off the heels of Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica and right. all that, uh, which it wasn't that type of movie. It was more Shakespeare no. in space, if you ask me. Yeah, that's the way exactly. I explained it. Right. But, so, that's the, yeah, go what's ahead. funny is that's the first movie I ever remember seeing in the theater. Really? <laughs> I was a little kid. You My had to have been. Me to I remember, I'll never forget, this and Ebert tearing the movie apart, and then I knew I had to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it wouldn't be till I got Starlog magazine and read all about it and saw the pictures. I'm like, oh, and then it came on HBO, and then, then I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you yeah. answered my question, so nothing really contemporary sticks out for you guys. You're pretty much what's, yeah. what's old uh, is what's still fresh for you. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm just going back to the 80s and early 90s for all of my inspiration. Yeah, Nothing to be honest, every time that we want inspiration, we throw in a Hannah Lauder movie, we throw in a... Uh, I watch some 80s hair metal Yeah, hair metal videos. Nice. Because, I mean, the way the hair metal videos were shot, they're oh, kind they're of cheesy, so... but they're, they, they're so iconic. <laughs> the, the, way they look. Oh, the lighting and everything's pretty oh, great. I, I love watching horror movies for the moment where there's a band on stage. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Point yeah. in cases, what was um, D. Snyder's movie, uh, so, oh, something, yeah. Land, uh, Shadowland, what is it called? Oh God! Anyway, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Strange Land. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's one scene where Bile comes on stage, and they're oh, in the. Cool. And it's, I love Bile. They're great. Like, yeah. Industrial I've metal seen band. Bile and concert. They're, they're oh. great, man. Well, yeah. that 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 scene sold. It made me go out and buy all their albums because yeah. they're playing on stage. They're badass. It's kind of Manson before Manson, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. He was he was around, but um, just there uh, that look and and the same thing with um. Oh, I can't think of the movie now. Shoot, it was a Dean Koontz book, but Godflesh showed up in mm. while they were on cool. stage and. and and stupid slip banana. Do you remember them? Do you remember <laughs> oh, them? Yeah. Three Japanese girls playing to metal, and they were like wearing like schoolgirl outfits, and they're like dancing on the stage. Wow, it, it just I, I don't remember that. so weird, man. Yeah. It, it just it was so like out of place in this yeah. club scene. You know, what but was yeah, the movie we watched the, it was a. It was a, uh, I think it was a, uh, it was a, a full moon pictures yeah. release and it was, uh, it was called Bad Channels. Yeah, Bad Channels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had a cool band in it that were, uh. It had a cool band that was sort of like, uh, Mr. Bungle, but yeah. it had like, now I'm not an uh, Insane Clown Posse's fan at all, I but. Uh, I love Mr. Bungle though. Yeah. yeah Mr. Bungle's great. But this band was like way before ICP, but they had this sort of like, clown? Yeah, sort they, of like sideshow it was gimmick like a sideshow oh, gimmick. Wait and a second. Apparently they put on like, amazing uh live shows and everything but they didn't they didn't ever they for some reason they just stopped playing together but yeah, they so were Im- so weird and imagine, cool imagine like a sideshow type of act on the stage but like, to I'm, good music though to, to good like mr bungle type of i music or something. think i know the band i think i know the band it's just, it's escaping me. it's a very I'm hard sure name to remember uh you is. got you know i'm having deja vu because you are not the first people i've interviewed that bring up that movie and that band Oh wow. wow! So now I have to go. This I think happened they could recently. have been huge. I'm surprised that they uh, they must have just had some issues within the band. If or you look them up, the only thing you find is really clips from that movie. I mean, 
That's and a couple that, live shows. Right? It, it wasn't. It wasn't Pop Will Eat itself. It wasn't that. No, was I it? love Pop Will Eat. Me too. Yeah. yeah. That's the, one of my favorite bands. Well, yeah. Where Reznor, well, the second album that Reznor produced. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that's that should have gone somewhere else. I, I think. And I don't uh, know if they're still going. But yeah, I can't believe you guys brought up Bad Channels. Um, yeah, somebody else just recently. Uh, it's on a show going back about ten episodes, maybe. And now I really got to look into this. Um, yeah. <laughs> off track here. Um, so we're, <laughs> you definitely answered the music <laughs> question. Um, let's see here. I have. Uh, very unfair questions to ask you. Cool. Um, yeah. I like it. Okay, <laughs> I like let's it. Let's do it. Where you guys stand with this? Frankenstein or the creature from the Black Lagoon? Which one could you remake if you were given the rights to do it? Which uh, should we take this separately? I'd say separately. Okay. Okay. I would make Frankenstein, and um, could maybe uh, <laughs> maybe the key word there, but I would want to do Frankenstein because uh, there was a time. Let me. See, I want to say when I was maybe 12 or 13, when I was entirely obsessed with Frankenstein. And I think a lot of people are going to laugh at this, but what kind of started it was, uh, there was sort of a mini, again, a very miniature universals monster, uh, universal monsters Mm -hmm. revival back then around Halloween. I remember and like, uh, my trick or treat bag had Frankenstein on it and (laughs) Doritos. They had put out a universal monsters, uh, yes line of bags and they came with stickers and it was like oh. I was going through 30 bags trying to get the Fran- I'll always remember that Just uh, I was obsessed with Frankenstein I was Frankenstein for Halloween so nice. I would go back to my roots so to speak and I would do Frankenstein <laughs> I, I would go with Frankenstein as well because uh, Frankenstein's monster or whatever is so cool and I'm into I love like the idea of body snatching and digging up like I oh, read yeah. books all the time well not lately I don't have the time but when I did I, I read things about death and and just just the treatment of bodies after death to me is really fascinating mm-hmm. right and uh so and, and plus I love anatomy and so. labs right we both like the whole lab aesthetic that you yeah, have in the movies yeah. and I'll tell you let me add this um every time that I've been through like a haunted house like mm-hmm. a, you know like a, a staged haunted house oh, yeah. I think one of the scariest rooms or creatures is always Frankenstein because yeah I mean what is what is scarier than that something that's you know, it has this immense strength. It's it was dead, now it's back, but it doesn't have like a living. A he, it doesn't have no, a no human soul. personality. It has no soul. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. how's it going to react? How's it? You know, what's and, it and what's do? it? What is it feeling? You know, right. what, what is it it's feeling? Just, it's so uh, it's scary, but it like on a personal level, almost like you can kind of relate to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. You know what? You, that's why it's still around. Um, exactly. Well, let's go with this one here. Preference, movie preference-wise, do you prefer watching slashers or zombie flicks? Now, this is going to sound strange since we're making a zombie movie, but I think I prefer slashers. Slashers, uh, yeah. Typically the 80s slashers. <laughs> and yeah. um, I feel like maybe I've been maybe exposed to too many zombies as of late. And that's another thing we want to do with zombie nature. We kind of want to you know, refresh, uh, you know, kind of reboot the genre, I guess you may say a little bit, sure. and put a different spin on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what I prefer to watch is, uh, I like slashers. Slash. I love 80 slashers. They're so funny. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Some of them are really cool and scary, but all of the little, uh, hidden gems. But it's a party. It's a party. When you watch it, you're like, you're like, I, I want to be where they are. They're having such a exactly. great time. And then some yeah. guy comes out with a machete. Yeah. And that's the end of that. <laughs> there but, was a time when you could probably find me. On a daily basis, either watching uh, John Carpenter's Halloween or mm. um, Bob Clark's Black Christmas. Oh, God. One of my favorites. Oh, man. Masterpiece. Most, 
Dude, that is a masterpiece. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, we're going off the rails here a little bit. But no, no. That is a that is a damn masterpiece. And still is. If you get people together in a dark room and they haven't seen the movie and you start describing that yep. last scene yeah, so where he's still up in the oh you know, my god, the attic, people are like, dude, shut up! I got to go home tonight. I it, live alone. Like, it, yes, that happened. That happened twice, uh, three times in my house. I had a room full of people, and I mean, these are grown adults that right. love these movies. And I actually, I mean, there was screams. And it was just like, this movie still holds up. And this, yeah, oh does. my God. Yeah. I mean, Bob Clark, God rest his soul, man. What a, what a fucking genius, man. He's just, yes. He put out some great stuff. So glad mm-hmm. you brought that one up. That's great. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a favorite of mine. Definitely. I don't, is that on Blu-ray? Can I get that on Blu-ray? I don't even know. I'm not sure. I, I have a friend that, I borrow it from him like, um, every couple of months. He has it on DVD, but I would buy that damn thing if it's on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. All right. Well, you answered this question earlier, I think, but, uh, I'm going to go Stan Winston, Winston versus Rick Baker. Rick Baker. Rick Baker. Yeah. yeah. You answered that one. That yeah. Although I do miss Stan Winston, but I heard he was very hard to work with. That, yeah. I don't I know. That too. But he, created... I, I mean, no offense against Stan Winston. Yeah. I, I haven't. I can't say that I've heard that, so I can't. I heard that, but you know, I, I don't believe anything. I, I thought he was genius. He created the Pumpkinhead monster. Yeah, Pumpkinhead oh, is one of my Come favorite on. movies yeah. ever. Oh God, yeah, I have the VHS still. This hardcover awesome. VHS thing. My dad uh, gave me. Well, my dad was a model kit maker for a long time. And... Oh really? Bianca's always so humble about things. Her dad <laughs> was the founder of Lunar Models. You got to be kidding models. me. They were making. They were making. I remember my parents making these Jupiter twos and. Other uh, model kits in in the kitchen, like baking them in the oven when the they first machine. began. Oh my yeah, God. and I one of the reasons I got into movies is because my dad introduced me to um, Bob Burns, and I got to tour his you know basement. So I I got to see like the alien puppet. And oh my God! <laughs> I saw um, Linda Blair's head that turns from the oh, right. Exorcist, and I sat in the time machine. I saw Lily Munster's dress and all of these things. Yep. And the the werewolf from American Werewolf in London at the end. Oh. That werewolf. And yeah, that's what her dad did for a living. She yeah. she always just says it in such like you know in passing, like oh, <laughs> my dad he he did some models. It's like dude, he was the lunar model. Like <laughs> you, you he just was it. You made me think of uh, Salem's Lot. You know, it was Charlie, the Charlie character. He built all the models. He had all oh, the, yeah. the old ones there. The cemetery. It was like that. Like going back. Yeah, to- I mean, my dad's a really talented sculptor. He makes. Oh, he would God. make these cool uh, dinosaur. Like he did dinosaur sculptures. He sold other people's products too, but he made a lot of his own model kits. And I remember him photographing them. And how cool is that? You know, yeah, it was awesome. David, it's not unheard of where we will be heading to a convention somewhere, <laughs> uh, you know, in the on the East Coast, and at the same time, her dad's like, "Oh, really? I'm going to a, you know a convention in the Midwest weekend because he's still kind of in that model kit world. So he's going oh, to the same models, he's going yeah. to the same type of conventions, but we've just never Man. for some reason unfortunately been at the same ones. But he recently made the uh award statues for what was it the Shriek Fest, Shriek Fest LA uh, film festival. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's he's still out there kicking it around but uh <laughs> how awesome hey, is that? Yeah, it's cool. I'm I blown tell away. People my parents are way cooler than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. You want that. Yeah, you yeah. Do want I mean that. they like better music, books, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Movies. No, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed right now. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that glow here in the dark. Things best left to see. With the initial smoke cleared from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. 
11 stories. 11 stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> Um, now, uh, all right, this, uh, uh, an acceptable horror movie that could be remade. Is there something out there? I'm not into the remakes. I'm very disappointed. Poltergeist, I don't care what happened there. Um, mm -hmm. Is there one that they could remake and do justice? Well. We talked about Frankenstein. we got to move on from, let's go 80s maybe, 70s. Okay. Uh, well, you know what? I don't know because. It's um, hard. People have justified like the uh, the Plan Nine from Outer Space remake, and it's been justified <laughs> as you know uh, Ed Wood did not have the budget. Uh, right. We can do more <laughs> things these days, movie. better things these days. And here's what he, you know, we're trying to do this the way he would have wanted to do it. But I'm not sure how. I'm not sure if you can say that. I mean, mm. I'm not going to say I'm not going to stand on either side of the line on that one and say, hey, you shouldn't have made that movie, or you should, because as a matter of fact, I was sort of involved in it when it first. Uh, uh, undergoing production, so I'm not really going to talk about it much. But um, just to use that as a jumping-off point, I'm not sure if you can really say that. So, if I were to find a movie that I say would be acceptable, I'd have to find one where I feel like it wasn't executed as well as it could have been, mm -hmm. and maybe that director is no longer with us. But but then it does beg the question: Is that actually what he wants, or did he want it the way it turned out? Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm just mad they're remaking The Craft. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's a mess. Oh no. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm like, seriously? And Fruzabok's not involved at all? Come yeah, on, give me a break. Well, there's one that stands out, and I heard they were making, uh, it was on the remake cutting board. I don't know if it still is, but I, I watched the original. I'm kind of like, the original still works. The Entity, Barbara Hershey. Mm. Mm, okay. Yeah, that one still works. I gotta say, I'm not too familiar with the movie, Ooh, but. Ooh, give it a shot. I'll, I'll be sure to check it out, yeah. Yeah, but I hear it's on the, uh, well, it's in the radar, but, uh, eh, who knows if that's gonna happen. <laughs> now, what, I gotta tell you, this is kinda interesting, I want your point of view on this one. We are, uh, tomorrow night we have some friends coming over, and, um, I recently got the DVD of V, The Final Battle, the miniseries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you cool. remember they that? I actually have that, yeah. Yeah, we're doing a viewing tomorrow night with people that have never awesome. seen it. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, 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 that takes us back some. Actually, a very cool soundtrack to that. Cheesy acting, 80s acting, but you know what? That was a good story. Hey, you know what? Remake was good. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> so late. Uh, Maniac. I was still trying to think what was a good oh, remake. Wow. Oh, really? Uh, the well, original, oh, wait. Yeah. Maniac. Yeah, the original was still better, but that that was a decent remake. Maniac with Elijah Wood? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. That, too, yeah. he, that was great. You know, Elijah Wood, he, he impresses me, man, because yeah. he, Elijah yeah. was the one with the uh, production. Yeah, company. Spectre what Vision. Spectre Vision. I mean, mm-hmm. just such a huge horror fan that he's like, I don't think he's making any money out of this, but he's just doing it because he, he loves it. horror yeah. films. Yep, yep. So he seems cool. Helping well, them get made, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's get him on the, on the Boogans. I'm waiting for that remake. Yeah. Mm. You guys oh, remember yeah, the Boogans? Man. I'm not sure if I've actually seen that. Oh, I own it. I own it. Next time we get together. That's yeah, yeah. Bianca, no, no, not the Boogans. Hard uh, to find film. I, have, I think I have seen it, but it's been sure. a long time. HBO yeah. back in the day. It ran on TV once and it was cut to death. But, um, huh. yeah, that's a good one that stands out, but the book is, of course, better. There was a paperback, Charles Sellier. But, um, all right, this is the part of the show where you definitely have to plug all your stuff and where to find it. <laughs> okay. Well, I do want to plug, uh, www.facebook.com, uh, backslash or forward slash, sorry, Zombinatrix. That is our Facebook page. We're trying to get to a thousand likes. We've had the page up for roughly a week and we're almost there. We're like 30 likes away. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to hit that milestone. And also, uh, we have zombinatrix.com, which is, uh, it's currently, uh, undergoing, um, some maintenance, I guess you might say. Um, Bianca's doing a I'm fantastic building job page. building that page. That's one of her hidden talents. She actually has a degree in communications, which, which oh, includes. So do I. Design. So do so I. Don't, <laughs> don't let her sell herself, uh, short on that one again, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it changed it changed that. a little bit since uh we took those classes i think though so. <laughs> changed a lot of bit yeah i have to learn new things all the time all the I'm time this, go ahead uh, i'm sorry anyway um yeah just zombinatrix.com that's really what we're pushing right now maybe um and we're also about to start my the second season of my show watch these films was Bianca Elaine it was Bianca Barnett but now it's Elaine so. yeah yeah and that's uh we kind of want to do that in a the goal was to eventually do that in a way sort of like the old USA Up All Night with Ronda Shear. Yeah. If they oh, my God, yeah. That's what they should, they should remake go. shows like that. Yes. USA awesome. Up All Night with Ronda Shear. Start putting that kind of shit on television again. I'll I sit know. there all night. Yeah, and even Joe Bob Briggs and yeah. yep. Mr. Science Theater 3000, Elvira, of course. Yep. Yep. What the hell? What's happened I, to that? They Those don't are do the anything greatest like shows. That, man. That's really like was a huge part of my life. Every up. Friday night, you're like, I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to watch this show. I'm going to mm-hmm. order a pizza. Right. I mean, it was just fantastic. That good. It's, it's a good night. Do that tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Up on YouTube. <laughs> I know, right? Well, hey, actually, I uh, want us to discuss the uh, adventure yesterday of Van oh, oh my God, we didn't even get to that. I All can right. discuss it in brief if you. Yeah, know. just quickly. Go for it. Nah, no, don't be brief. <laughs> okay, let me uh, tell you what happened with that. Very <laughs> surreal, uh, as you can imagine. Very surreal. So uh, we had planned to meet, um, have a business meeting with a uh, casting agent. And initially, uh, and it was, it was nothing to do with Bam Margera initially. It was just meeting with a casting agent who just happens to represent Bam as well as many other people. So there was someone else we can't mention. We've been told we can't mention. Yes, who. we can. Well. Tawny Katane. Tawny Katane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're mentioning that. Bianca did it, not me. Well, then you sue me because I said her name. But she's <laughs> very nice. She was, at, she was at the Indianapolis Days of the Dead last year. Very nice. Oh, wow. Very cool. nice lady. Yes. Yeah, she's awesome. I love her. I wanted her. We wanted her in Zombinatrix, but so despite being told we can't, we just did. So (laughs) we were meeting with uh, an agent to discuss, uh, you know, giving her a uh, a role, pretty much a cameo Mm -hmm. in uh, Zombinatrix, which we just felt would be perfect because it plays to our uh, '80s sensibilities. Mm -hmm. Um, Nice. And I think she's neat. I think she's a cool lady and cool story. And yeah, and And a good um, a good sense of humor. I must add. Yes. Oh, cool. Yes, that's what I've heard. Now, what happened was, uh, so the meeting. (laughs) <laughs> with her and that would have been cool in itself i mean we were going to have a a business dinner it was going to be bianca myself 
Tony Katane and her manager, her agent, going out to dinner. That, that was going to be pretty really killer, awesome. man. But wow. She, she... But there was a situation where she ended up not coming into this area. So because the agent. Because scares the cares thing that they were doing. There was something, yeah. Oh, yeah. It got, mm-hmm. got canceled. Yeah. And then, um, so that, you know, got pushed by the wayside. So, you know, as soon as I figured out or found out that she wasn't coming up, I contacted the agent. I was like, look, dude, I totally understand. These things happen. Maybe next time. It was great, you know, talking with you and planning this out. And he immediately starts blowing up my phone like, dude, we should still meet. We should still meet. We got to talk. And uh, I was like, cool. He's like, I'm going to be going up uh, through PA anyway, which is, of course, where BAM lives. I'm going to be going up uh, through PA. Yep. So why don't we meet? And I'm like, yeah, you're going to be going through D.C. Let's meet in D.C. He's like, nah, dude, just come up to BAM's house. <laughs> I'm like, sold. All right. You sold me. I To me, it was really surreal. Like, it didn't hit me where we were going until we, like, Pulled, in. pulled into the driveway and well, saw the Lamborghini. He texted me the address, and Bianca is like, the whole way up there, she's like, is this really happening? Oh my is this guy, like, <laughs> fucking with us? Is he sending us on a wild goose chase? And then we get there, and I'm like, how do I get in? He sends me Bam's gate code. I'm like, what? You know what, what I said about that? I'm like, Bam needs to be careful about who he tells <laughs> with the yeah. security. <laughs> security. Dude sends me Bam's gate code. I'm sitting outside of this compound with this fence, the security cameras. I pull up, punching the gate code. Sure enough, it opens. And this is like Bianca said, when it hits you, you start driving down the driveway with the, you know, the rainbow painted in the middle. You start seeing the skate ramps along the side. A you DeLorean. S- you, see the, you see the purple Lambo first. Then you see the blue Hummer. Then a per- uh, blue Lambo. Then the DeLorean. DeLorean. <laughs> you see the Don Vito signs and <laughs> just people wandering around. There was a dude that had like a bright red beard walking around stroking a puppy. I was like, I know. what the fuck is, I was, I was like, dude, what the fuck? What are we doing? Someone named Mitch came up. He was really friendly. <laughs> Bam's wife came up. Bam's Hi. wife. We were sit, we were hanging out on the patio talking to Bam's <laughs> wife about Patsy Cline while she was swimming in the pool. <laughs> you know, Bam's just kind of hanging out. You know, I think they had a big uh, video shoot or something. They had a big yeah shindig the night before, and like, that kind yeah. of like got to me because he they were like, oh dude, yeah, because they had a smoldering bonfire there. And I, was, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, what's that? What's all uh, that about? And he's like. Oh, we did a photo shoot last night, man. You should have come up last night. We had to <laughs> oh. I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. But let me just tell you, man. So we, we had a pretty good business meeting mm-hmm. sitting on Bam's patio. Drinking Bam's water. We, <laughs> David, how surreal is this? There's a week ago, I wouldn't have expected to be standing in Bam Margera's kitchen. In the kitchen I've seen on MTV on numerous times. Yeah. <laughs> Looks exactly the same. With that cool table, the medieval kind is of the, medieval table. Is the there. pirate ship still in the basement? <laughs> I didn't get to see, the, didn't basement. see the basement. Yeah. But, you know, someone's pulling coffee mugs out of Van Margera's <laughs> cabinet saying, hey, you want some water? Don't worry. It's the well. It's, it's good water. It's good water. <laughs> pulling out a half-broken ice cube tray. It's, <laughs> it was literally like I was at one of my friend's house when I was in college, you know, and like it was like, what was there? With Bianca and myself, there were maybe a total of six people there just yeah. kind of randomly walking around. This Bam, his friend Mitch was, as Bianca said, real cool. Yeah. Um, his wife is sweet as she's sweet. Nice, yeah, his nice wife lady. was like so nice, man. Mm-hmm. So um, what be what what became of this, dude? It was like well, we we did get we we basically discussed the deal about Tony Katane, and so sweet. we're even Bam like if Bam were to make an appearance, how much, how much that would cost? Oh, so we got man. these balls rolling, yeah. so we know what kind of budget we need to have these cameos. Right, good, and um, so that's the point of the meeting, and that's what came of the meeting, mm-hmm. but. What it will always be to me, uh, I gotta say, is a surreal experience because yes. I used to watch Viva La Bam a lot. And, um, <laughs> to suddenly just be like, you know, for, I mean, I don't want to say for no reason. There was a reason behind this. And I, 
I feel like maybe, uh, I feel like it was kind of deserved. I, I don't say too much about that, but I, mean, I, I feel it. like we've worked our way up to a level where we can kind of do these kind of things on a more frequent basis, basis because we have done other things. Yes. That, I've been surreal in the past where we're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and, but every time it's still like, even though we've done these things in the past, it's every time it's still, what the fuck is happening? Yes. I think, um, yeah, I'm hoping the more, I don't know, just, I just hope more experience. Well, like yeah, she said this to me yesterday. Do you think we'll ever, like, some people, again, it was just like a college house environment. People were just like, yeah, I'm just hanging out at fucking Bam's house. She was like, you think we'll ever get to that point where, like, these experiences don't affect us? Yeah, and I said I hope not. I hope I don't ever... I don't want to... Jaded is a little bit of a negative term. That's not what I mean. I just hope that I still have some uh, wonderment and and things are still exciting to me. I hope I'm not just like, yeah, I'm here and... No. That's the Sylvester best way to Stallone's look at house it. This week, I mean, who cares? Yeah, no. If you keep that, yeah, if you keep that feeling, then no, it's not going to change for you. I, I think that's yeah. it, it's still magical. It's awesome. Um, the yeah, movies to me are magical. Remember that old show, Movie Magic? That was like one of my favorite <laughs> shows ever. And, and I want to keep preserve that. I want to always be excited by fans and always be excited to make movies and love and, doing and you this. Want I don't ever the, want to be like, ooh, I have to get up and make a movie today. Also. <laughs> this too you know what uh what kind of made that experience so cool yesterday was they treat they treated us as if we belong there as if we were friends they That's weren't cool. like it wasn't like oh this is a strictly business thing it wasn't like who the fuck are these two fans <laughs> of bam margera hmm. it was like yeah you guys belong here just like we do you want something to drink here's a here's a cup well, that's There's just it. Line, you, know, you know, the coolest guy in metal right now still is kirk hammett because he remains a awesome. fan yeah, yeah, he remains so cool. a fan of new music. He that's remains so cool. a fan. When he meets people, he shakes their hand. Uh, I just, I mean, he invited, um, uh, Bill Mosley, John Russo, PJ Souls to his, nice. to his, to his, uh, that menagerie he had with all his horror artwork, you know? Oh, I was gonna say, wasn't yeah. that, uh, set up, uh, at I the Orion like, Festival? I don't know if your, yeah. your listeners know Mistress Persephone. She's also oh, like yeah. a really famous dom. But, yeah. uh, she had a video where she was in an airport and they just happened to have uh, Kirk Hammett's whole collection of, yeah. uh, all of his horror memorabilia that he just lent out and let them display it. Yeah. And it was just, she was just recording everything. She was cute. She was really excited about yeah. it all. And That's just it. it. The excitement. Me. And you guys have it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it, it should never change for you. If you still have that Good. excitement, you get other people excited about it. It's, yeah. it's when you become droll and it's mundane to you, then eh, you lost your passion. It's over mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. But, and I think we did a good job yesterday. There was definitely the part in me that wanted to like every, I wanted to get my, uh, phone out and film the entire thing. Not just take selfies and t- I wanted to like walk around filming it, but then I was. Yeah. I was, I told myself, you know what? The reason they're treating us like we belong here, like we're friends, is because we're not acting like fans. Boom. So if we start yeah. acting like fans, if you act it, yeah, that's different. So but you can still keep why, it inside. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just kind of held the giddiness inside a little bit. And then, uh, so we have, you have to excuse our poor, uh, some of our poor photographs. That we those were my photos. That we- he was, was like, take pictures of the like, Lamborghini. I was like, people will never believe that we were actually here doing this unless we have something to prove it. You've got to take a picture of the Lamborghini. So that's why it's like in, in the car, like, okay, I'll do it really fast. I don't want anyone to see me doing this. Yeah, and I'm sorry if we sound a little overexcited. No, right no, no. Now. See, but, it was but awesome, that's just it. it. Awesome. It's, it's it's refreshing to hear that you are excited. But a picture of the, the Delorean would have been better. We did get I a did we did get a picture of the Delorean. We got um, yeah. You can see the back of it if you uh-huh. look at the ones on the Facebook page. Again, <laughs> we were kind of sneaking the photos as we were leaving. Like I was like, dude, don't make it obvious you're taking photos like some fucking fanboy. Which uh, <laughs> <We're> just <laughs> let's get cool. the phone out and snap some pics as I go up the drive. It was uh, you know it was. 
Well, cool. if anything, this will, I, I'm sure it's going to open up more doors. I yeah. think it's a fantastic connection and I hope to see Bam in the movie. <laughs> At he least really one of them. So. I think, uh, from what we, the discussions we had yesterday, it is a very viable, uh, option. So I think it's, it's very likely that it will happen. Um, cool. so we just have to make, make it happen. Yep. Well, I'm proud of you guys. Fantastic. Oh, thank you. Great man, story. And, and hey, thank you for coming on. You sure you plugged everything you need to plug so people can find you and Web of Deceit. Did you get that out there too? Uh, Web of Deceit. Where so, they can um, buy it. Oh, that's going to be available probably next week for download, uh, digital download if people want to watch that. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to make the price really reasonable. Like, I don't know, two or three dollars yeah. to rent it and watch it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so that'll be next week. Right now, you can, I guess, find us. It's, uh, B, B E E dash stung productions.com. If you go there, you can find, um, the trailer for Web of Deceit and you can find through the shop link, you can, uh, be redirected, um, directly to Bianca's store where she is selling the Web of Deceit DVD. Uh, and also on Facebook at Web of Deceit Film. Okay. Yeah, and go add ahead. me on Facebook if you guys want to. Bianca Lane. Yeah, Bianca Lane. And Twitter. What about Twitter? Are you guys doing Twitter? Oh, I, I, th- Twitter. I have you. Not as much, but. And, and I believe, um. Zombinatrix Film. It okay. says Zombinatrix Film for Twitter. Zombinatrix Film for Twitter, and also I believe Web of Deceit Film for Twitter. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on. As always, I'm yeah. at Fairly Dark on Twitter. Um, guys, I hope everybody just at least check it out. Uh, my site, www.fairlydarkproductions.com for uh, basically all the shows. And, uh, my books are available there. If you want some real horror that will not disappoint, I, I swear to God it won't. Um, but thank you guys. This was great. Thank you so much yeah, for coming thank on. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you, David. It we went by too fast. I know. It, it, it always does. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have you back, I'm sure. And, yeah. uh, we'll see. Uh, I can't wait to hear the progress of this new film. Awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you. We're excited about it. Thank you very much. All right. Fiends, thank you so much and have a good night. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Electric Acid.